0: Oh, take a deep breath, because it's time to get another week underway. Good mornings, I'm Chris Oaks, and coming up today, the Findlay Municipal Court is giving those with suspended driving privileges a chance to make it right and get back on the road. Another D.U.S. Day, or Driving Under Suspension Day, happening later this month, we get details. Plus, just in time for Financial Literacy Month, money expert jennifer barrett says it's time for women who are increasingly likely to be their family's primary income earner to think like a breadwinner and we'll meet the new person in charge of the hancock county osu extension 4-h program this is the good mornings podcast edition for monday april 12 2021 Today is Big Wind Day. Big Wind, that sounds so (laughs) demonstrative. It is Big Wind Day. Also, it is Drop Everything and Read Day, National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day. And I'm looking at the forecast here, mostly cloudy, low to mid-60s, what it says. This This is good grilled cheese sandwich weather. You know what I mean? Grilled cheese sandwich day. It is National Licorice Day. You have some licorice for dessert. National Only Child Day. And I, when I saw that National Only Child Day, I kind of chuckled because I remember the old. I think it was a Bill Cosby routine, and I understand you know Bill Cosby is a very controversial figure these days. But he had a a routine, if I remember right. I think it was Bill Cosby had a had a routine where he talked about he said it, it, parents of only uh, of one child, if you are, have a, only one child, you're not real parents <laughs> because if because you never have to argue who gets the toy in the cereal box, <laughs> you never have to settle that argument. <laughs> if something comes up broken or missing, you know who took it, <laughs> you know who broke it. There is no argument. There is no <laughs> pointing at each other. <laughs> so, as a as a parent of an only child, you miss out on so much. But uh, in in any event, National Only Child Day, and it is Walk on Your Wild Side Day today. So here you go for a Monday. I don't know. That might be kind of dangerous on a Monday. Maybe wait until Tuesday to walk on your wild side. It might be safer. So here is uh, so here is the latest. Uh, Apparently, Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been testing the waters for a possible political run. And this story made headlines over the weekend. It says actor, former pro wrestler Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, is now uh, reacting after a poll of more than 30,000 Americans last week found that 46 percent say that they would support the idea of The Rock making a run for the White House. <laughs> oh, please, no. <laughs> please. That is one thing we do not need. Of all of these celebrities uh, that, that we could elect president, I mean, is this what, is this what it's going to be now moving forward? Is this We're just going to uh, elect viral celebrities for the highest office in the land? Uh, Dwayne Johnson, the rock tweeted on Friday, not sure our founding fathers ever envisioned a six, four bald tattooed, half black, half Samoan tequila, drinking pickup truck, driving fanny pack, wearing guy joining their club. But if it ever happens, it would be my honor to serve the people. (laughs) I don't think any of those are prerequisites, but, uh, he'd certainly has a, a good point. Um, (laughs) I'm just trying to imagine Dwayne the Rock Johnson as president of the U.S. Um, He uh, spoke about the possibility back in February, saying in a USA Today interview, that he would consider a presidential run in the future if that's what the people wanted. (laughs) Please, no. I mean, nothing against the Rock, but please, no. He does seem like a very nice guy. Uh, and he would definitely be a guy that I'd like to hang out with on the weekend. You know what I mean? He, I think he would be an awful lot of fun. But I'm not sure putting him in charge of the free world is exactly the right move. <laughs> you know, who knows? It has been a while since we saw a truly unsafe internet trend. But here we are. A new TikTok challenge has people attempting to deep fry... Water. Now apparently the way this works, people are combining water with calcium alginate to form a sphere of water, and then coating it in flour, egg, and breadcrumbs and dropping it into a fryer. The issue is that if the calcium alginate membrane splits and the water leaks into the hot oil, it could create an explosion of and obviously massive injury. So in other words, don't do this. Maybe you've seen it and you thought, know, ooh, that looks cool, but don't do this. Dr. Christopher Kramer of the American Chemical Society calls this trend, quote, I'm quoting here, somewhere between insane and suicidal, unquote. So so oh, there you go. Don't do that. Some of the other most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started. Here's another thing that we do not need, I think, in America. And this is just my take on it. Maybe you disagree, but I don't think we necessarily need this. I mean, I love Fruity Pebbles as much as the next guy. But now, instead of having your Fruity Pebbles in a bowl... You can have it in a glass in honor of the cereal's 50th birthday. A brewery, and I'm not sure where this brewery is, but they have created what they call Yabba Dabba Beer. It is made with fruity pebbles and described, I kid you not, and is described as having the flavors of sweet and tart cherry, lemon, orange, and lime zest. Oh, Delaware. This brewery is in Delaware. And it is only available in that state. Thankfully, it is only available for a limited time. So, thank goodness for small miracles. That's something that we really need. Trudy Pebble Beer. Yabba Dabba Beer. I think not. Things get back to normal after the uh, pandemic, slowly but surely. And this was something that was talked about months ago. As the lockdowns began to be lifted, and now uh, it's a new story again. Many dogs that got got used to having human company round the clock, uh, now that life is beginning to return to normal, these dogs need some help readjusting to the fact that their humans are not home all the time. Expert animal trainer Melina DiMartini Price. Says we have been inundated at her animal training business. They have been inundated with inquiries from worried dog guardians. They're taking little trips out of the house and their pets are shredding the carpets and neighbors are complaining about the barking as the dogs are like what's going on. You're not around 24 seven. She says one of her clients has spent so far $4,800 to help her 18 month old pooch, adjust to the fact that its owner will be returning to work in less than two weeks. She said to help your dog, you should start preparing your pet for separation as soon as you can. Begin setting up cameras in your home to observe your dog for brief periods when you are absent. And if they show signs of anxiousness, consult your veterinarian and gradually expose your dog to longer durations of time alone while always making them feel safe. So start planning for this. What was happening? Knew it was going to happen. And how crazy is this? And talk about the uh, first things you need to know, the most interesting and buzzworthy stories of the day. Colorado looks to be joining the state of Washington in legalizing human composting. Report in the Denver Post says that a bill, which has already passed one chamber of the state legislature, would allow people to convert their remains after they die to soil. The process involves leaving a body in... Basically, you put a body in a bag with... A, instead of a coffin, you put it in a bag, like a biodegradable bag, with wood chips, alfalfa, and straw. And eventually, as the body decomposes, it mixes with this, and you, it composts into soil. Soil. It is often cited as the most environmentally friendly after death option. Colorado would be the second state after Washington to allow the process. Although, it should be noted, it is not legal in either case, either in the state of Washington or in this bill in Colorado, to allow human compost to be used for growing food to be consumed by humans. So, there is that. That's fascinating. Fascinating. If you're if you're interested in this, you Google human composting, and it sounds really morbid, but it uh, it actually is very uh, it is actually very fascinating. So anyway, uh, there you go. Some of the most interesting and buzzworthy stories to get your Monday morning started.
1: WFIN News, I'm John Marshall. The WTOL 11 First Alert Forecast is calling for mostly cloudy skies today and a high of 63, partly cloudy tonight and a low 42. The Northern Lakes League is expanding and has made an offer to Findlay to join, as well as three other schools. We spoke with Findlay Athletic Director Nate Wairau about the invitation.
2: Findlay High School is honored to be offered membership into the Northern Lakes League with a long tradition of excellent first-class facilities, first-class people and traditions. We look forward to the opportunity to discuss this with our Board of Education on April 19th. The
1: NLL anticipates that the new members would join the league beginning with the 23-24 season. Get more on our website. Both COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations are on the rise in Ohio. Data shows that over the past two weeks, the rolling average number of daily new cases has increased by more than 20 percent, and the state is averaging 1,483 current COVID-19 hospitalizations. Health experts like Ohio Chief Medical Officer Dr. Bruce Vanderhoff blame this spike on the emerging variants in the U.S. that are proving to be more deadly and contagious. Dave James, I went in news. We have more COVID-19 data and resources on our website, including information on how to schedule a vaccination. A business and an individual helped our local firefighters as they were fighting a fire at Finley Pallet last Thursday. Allen Township Fire Chief Gary Hickman said an individual paid for their gas when they went to refuel. They could not get the card to read for some reason,
3: and the gentleman came over and swiped his card, and uh, we got fuel, so we got back, in the, back to the, uh, the scene quickly. So we didn't have to go back to the station to get fuel.
1: And he said Heavenly Pizza dropped off some pizzas and a case of water for the firefighters on the scene. Get more on our website. The Family Resource Center. LGBTQ+, Spectrum of Findlay, and Equitas Health will be holding a health and wellness event at the Family Center today. The Family Resource Center now offers free HIV testing, and Equitas Health will have their new testing van at the event. It runs from 11 to 2 today at the Family Center at 1800 North Blanchard. I'm John Marshall, WFIN News.
0: And now to our cover story. This morning, the Findlay Municipal Court is giving those with suspended driving privileges a chance to make it right, get back on the road. It's another DUS day, or Driving Under Suspension Day happening later this month and joining us with the details are judge Alan Hackenberg and uh, judge Stephanie Bishop who is the uh, newest uh, member of the uh, uh, of the bench behind the bench and and certain uh, before we get started I want to ask you uh, about that is it has it been uh, something of an adjustment uh, getting used to seeing the legal system work from the other side of the bench
4: well I was just sworn in on Friday so I've not had a full day uh, yet in court so I'm not quite sure it's certainly been an adjustment yeah um, to, to figure things out out and to get my practice wrapped up. Yeah. So. Um,
0: and I, I, I would imagine. Uh, obviously, this is the the first uh, uh, DOS day that you've uh, uh, been through, so this will be uh, new for you. Correct. Um, what is your expectation going into uh, to all of this?
4: Well, on the prosecutor side of things, I I did have some knowledge and familiarity with it, but mm-hmm. it's certainly um, something that I think is beneficial to the to the individuals in the community that have suspended license. So I'm looking forward to helping out and to be able to help people get licensed. So let's step back and
0: uh, talk about exactly what DUS Day uh, is all about.
2: Sure. So DUS Day is basically a day and a half because it's going to be on Thursday, April 29th and Friday morning, April 30th to allow people by appointment only because of the current pandemic here. We're trying to limit the Big, That's a good big, point big, because big there's it's rush, been
0: more yeah. of a yeah it's been more of kind of an open ended sort of thing in the past. Not only it was just you know show up
2: and we'll help you out. Right, so we've we moved to an appointment and we did that for our safe surrender day last year. That worked out well, so it's an appointment uh, only, and we will have our personnel available to meet with individuals who have issues with their license. We have a BMV representative uh, will be available by Zoom that they can immediately have conversation with the representative. We are waiving our $60 fee that we normally charge to open up cases to allow you to get driving privileges. The goal, obviously, is to have that individual be able to walk out of the court either uh, with privileges to start driving while they work on getting their license completely restored or Mm -hmm. to have a valid license. Or if nothing else, they have at least a roadmap to get to a point where they can start driving Legally again. Yeah,
0: uh, it, it is uh, worth noting that you may or may not be able to have uh, a valid driver's license and full privileges, but at least to have some sort of driving privileges, maybe to work, school, whatever Correct. it happen yep. to be. Um, so what are some of the, the, the reasons why people might have a suspended license that you can help with in a, uh, a clinic like this?
4: Some individuals have a suspended license due to a court conviction. Those individuals, if the license suspension has not ran, the end of it maybe is not here, we can at least help them to potentially get driving privileges if their license is still under that suspension. There's other suspensions that they potentially can get a valid license on if it's a license forfeiture, a failure to reinstate suspension, non compliance suspension those types of things. Uh,
0: Sometimes a license uh, might be suspended for failure to uh, have insurance so that is uh, one of the things that can be corrected and uh, issued but obviously you have to have insurance in order to have that taken care of.
2: Right, Right that's probably the most common license suspension we see that someone didn't have proof of insurance at a time of a previous incident. With the BMV, they've made it a little bit easier uh, to get at least privileges to start driving uh, on those kind of suspensions, and so certainly we'll be able to help them with that issue. If not clear them, certainly get them privileges to drive uh, mm-hmm. validly and legally while they're on the un, under that suspension.
0: Now, uh, is this uh, does this only apply to uh, licenses that were suspended uh, because of action by the Findlay Municipal Court, or uh, can you help with those that? Came under suspension from other jurisdictions.
4: We can help with those that came under suspension for other juris- from other jurisdictions, as long as they are an Ohio uh, licensed driver. If they that's the
0: key, it has to be an Ohio license.
4: Correct. So. If they um, are an, a Hancock County resident, then we can assist them with getting driving privileges under some of those other suspensions that we may not be able to otherwise.
0: Now, if someone has recently moved into this area and has an issue with a license in another state, can you provide any guidance whatsoever if they're an Ohio uh, resident now?
2: Sure. Sure. You know, there a lot of states are in the compact, and so if they have an, ins- an issue with another state, and they've moved into Ohio, uh, they're going to be now Ohio residents, and they're going to uh, hopefully try to obtain a, an Ohio driver's license. Mm-hmm. There's a good chance that we could at least talk to them and help them out. Certainly, again, we've got that BMV representative that'll be available via Zoom. That, that should go a long way to helping any individual out in a situation like that.
0: I, I guess throwing out a number of different situations here because I can envision some people saying, you know, it sounds like a great thing, but I think my case is beyond the scope of what, <laughs> you know, would be able to, you know, be helped uh, in this case.
4: They They should still schedule an appointment. They can at least meet with court staff and find out what, if anything, they can do. To obtain a valid license and the staff can assist them with figuring out what it is that they need to do and the steps to take. Sometimes it is possible for them to get valid and they just don't realize it.
0: Yeah. And uh, the other, I I would think, obstacle that would maybe keep people from uh, signing up for something like this would be the cost involved fees and, and that kind of thing.
2: Right, you know, money certainly limits what people can do, and so in an effort to help them, again, we're waiving our $60 fee that we normally would assess. The BMV has, on its own, uh, late last year, the legislature, the state legislature, made a mandatory BMV amnesty fee uh, program. So, people should have started to see reductions in any kind of reinstatement fees that they owe people do have their license suspended from courts our court is no different so if they have unpaid fines and court costs if they you know certainly can come to court and make a small payment or two uh, we're happy to take a look at that and maybe get that license suspension lifted to help them get back to the point where they can start driving yeah. legally
0: the the bottom line is uh the goal here is to clean uh, clear these cases uh, off the dock and get people back yep. on the road again keep on the right side of the law as right they we
2: in 19 the last time we did it we Helped 91 individuals with their licensing issues. A big part of our traffic docket uh, is people coming before the court who have licensing issues. In fact, Thursday mornings, those are dedicated to just a special arraignment session just for people who don't have valid licenses or driving or suspensions. It's not uncommon to have 20-some people show up to court for those uh
0: issues. So this is uh, obviously a great way to help clear these cases uh, off the docket. It's, it's great for the individuals who can, you know, get back uh, to driving again, but also a big uh, help for the court uh, as well.
4: Correct. It clears a great deal of the docket, and we do want individuals to be able to legally drive so that they can get to work, um, get their children off to school, get groceries, those types of things. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Now, as we mentioned, this is going to be uh, by appointment uh, this year. Again, in the past, uh, it's kind of been open-ended, but people do need to schedule an appointment. How do they do that?
4: They need to call the Finley Municipal Court Clerk's Office. The phone number is 419 424 Seven one four one to schedule that appointment.
0: And then, what do folks need to bring along when they come to their appointment? I, although I'm sure when they call, they'll get all of this information. But just in general,
4: right?
2: And again, we've got a web page on our website. We certainly have a page dedicated to this program to give them that information. But certainly, money if they have unpaid fines and court costs, or to you know certainly something BMV to get on a payment plan with the BMV, mm-hmm. perhaps a proof of insurance and that's our twenty two bond. Depending on what else they may need, uh, you know, maybe some some of their personal identifier information, if they're going to talk with the B&B directly about uh, getting something cleared with them, and, you know, anything else that they think would be of benefit yeah. towards getting that Again, cleared. <laughs> I, I'm sure a lot of that will be discussed when yeah. you call for an appointment. I mean, if they've got a judgment out there, if they have a copy of their judgment, their yeah. information about the court that issued that, okay. or certainly the law firm that has that. So, And the DUS Day itself is when? That would be uh, Thursday, April 29th. Okay. And Friday, April 30th. Okay. Uh, and
0: folks who make an appointment now?
3: Yes.
2: yes. Okay. Yeah. We've okay. had people scheduling yes. for the last couple weeks. Okay. And uh, we've got plenty of openings still for those who would like to take advantage of this day.
0: Very good. We uh, have the link uh, to the uh, website for the Findlay Municipal Court as well, so you get more information there. Uh, Judge Alan Hackenberg, Judge Stephanie Bishop, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate hey, it. for having Thank us you. and supporting us. So if you were to think of the typical dual income family, which person would you immediately consider the breadwinner and which would you consider to be working to supplement the family income? Now, whichever way you would guess, and I think we all know the predominant way most people would guess, there's actually a 50-50 chance you're wrong. Because in 2021, nearly half of working women are the main breadwinner. In the household. And our next guest says it is high time that they start thinking and acting like it. Financial expert Jennifer Barrett is author of Think Like a Breadwinner. Jennifer, you say not only are women not taught to think like breadwinners, in fact, they are actively discouraged from thinking and acting that way.
3: Yes, that's right. And thanks for having me. Yeah, there's a paradigm shift happening in the breadwinning model, as you mentioned, with more women moving into the main provider role but most women are still culturally conditioned not to think of ourselves as breadwinners and wealth builders. Most women are not taught how to invest and build wealth or even given the message of how critical it is for us to do so. So if we do end up in that main breadwinner world, we often feel unprepared for that financial responsibility of providing not just for ourselves, but sometimes for others. And either way, this combination of conditioning and a lack of education can really keep us from making the kinds of money choices that will fully support us throughout our lives.
0: So what are some of the symptoms, uh, if you will, some of the situations where the, the clues where one might not be thinking like a breadwinner?
3: So the message is often that we don't need to be fully financially responsible for ourselves for life, meaning not just being able to cover the bills, but also saving and investing to be able to afford the things that we want in the future too, and to be confident that we have enough money in retirement. So I really, I wrote this book really to help women be aware of and overcome this social messaging that can really hold us back financially, but also to provide the specific financial guidance that so many of us missed out on so that we can all reach our full earning and and wealth building potential.
0: An example, one of the examples you cite is uh, that feeling of being stuck in a bad job uh, because you're afraid that you can't afford to leave. That's not thinking like a breadwinner, thinking like someone who is going to, you know, move up the ladder and better themselves, uh so so what sh- exactly so what should women be doing in these types of situations where they feel like they are stuck or they uh, you know are uh, succumbing to those feelings of not thinking like a breadwinner how do we change that
3: Yeah i mean i think um you know a lot of times we equate being taken care of with being taken care of financially and what that really means is that you are dependent on someone financially And and that gives you um, less agency over your life and less control over your future. So what I'm really advocating is for women, you know, whether you're partnered up or not, to really be thinking about what are the things that, you know, what are the things that I want in my life? And what do I need to do in order to be able to afford that? So, for example, that's really thinking about the way you plan your career or job path strategically to support the the life that you want. And we do know from, from research that women disproportionately still choose the lowest paying occupations and even in the higher paying occupations, choose the lowest paying career path. So the first step is really to be pragmatic about the career that you choose, the jobs that you choose to ensure that you'll make the income you need to support the life that you want. And then on top of that, making sure that you are earning the most that you can at any time. So that's knowing your market value, You know, checking sites to see what other people are making in similar roles in your area, making sure you're at the top end of that range, quantifying the value that you're bringing to your employer, keeping track of your successes so that when you do go in and ask for a raise or go for a promotion, you have data to back you up. Um, But almost as importantly, it is really becoming less and less dependent on your paychecks. So I like to say use each check as an opportunity to become less dependent on the next one. And that means putting some of every single check that comes in to work for you by saving it in a high yield savings account and investing it in stocks and bonds so that your money is working for you. Um, Because the harder your money works for you, the less you'll have to work for your money. Um, And that's so important to be building wealth at the same time that you're building your career.
0: It's all great advice. Honestly, though, to be fair, when you talk about uh, telling women that they should be moving beyond just covering the bills and saving a little for retirement and instead uh, kind of uh, that mindset of truly taking control of their finances, taking care of themselves and their future. I think to myself, this is not a problem that is restricted just to working women. I know plenty of men who aren't doing much better as breadwinners in sure, that regard. Sure. So I, you know, I get what you're saying, and I, I understand where you're coming from, and uh, all great points. There's a lot of truth there, obviously. But is it all due to gender bias, or it is is it a, a larger, just societal problem?
3: Um, to your point, yes, I think both men and women could benefit from reading this book. Because <laughs> really, the truth is. They're- very few of us really get a solid um, financial education in this country. I think it's still just 17 states that even require personal finance be taught in high school, and often it's um, an elective. Mm -hmm. So um, we do not, male or female, we really do not leave school very well-prepared financially to take care of ourselves. I think the distinction, though, is that there is also this messaging that women get that um, that we can expect someone else to kind of take the lead financially if we get married that our income is less important that we will be the one to step back if we have kids Um, and many of us kind of grew up in a household where uh, the the father was the solar primary breadwinner. So that's the model that we have. And what's really shifted is that that breadwinning model is often not the same, as you mentioned, anymore, in that more women than ever before are moving into that role. And so I think that's really the distinction, is that it's the combination of a lack of education, but then on top of that, the social social messaging that tells us that we don't need to be fully financially responsible for ourselves that we will be able to depend on someone else
0: and and that's what i wanted to get to that distinction because that leads to this question if those resources uh and um that uh if there's not uh, if there's this inherent uh assumption uh that 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 women are sort of the support staff, uh, with respect to the, the family dynamic, then how do women go out and gain that knowledge? I mean, obviously the book is a good place to start, but I mean, uh, if those resources are less available, how do you break through that sort of glass ceiling, if you will?
3: Yeah. I mean, obviously the, let's say the book is a good place to start and right. really try to close those gaps. Um, In the book, but but I also think it's so important for us to just be proactive in our finances. Um, You know, there is information out there uh, for the taking. And uh, we can talk to other people. And, you know, we still are sort of um, socialized not to talk about money. I think that's starting to change. But that is really powerful, particularly when it comes to how much we're earning. Or, for example, if we're solopreneurs or small business owners, how much we're charging. Um, And and oftentimes, those conversations can be incredibly enlightening to find out that you're not making as much as someone who has a similar background as you. Um, you Then you have that data to go back and ask for it.
0: I I guess what I'm I'm asking is, you know, when you you go to take charge, when you go to talk to your banker, Mm -hmm. your financial planner, you know, and and those individuals are not taking you seriously or you feel like they're not trying to, how do you, you know, yeah. reading the book is great, but then how do you actually put it into action when you're bumping up against those types of biases?
3: Yes, um, that's a great question. Um, I think, you know, the first step is really to think about what you want in your life and really price that out so that you have a realistic sense of what you need to be saving and investing um, in order to achieve that. And um, having you know a realistic sense of what the lifestyle you want is going to cost, and whether the job you have is going to um, support that lifestyle, and if not, how do you close that gap? Right? Do you get a second job? Do you do you make some compromises in your lifestyle so that you're saving some money to afford it in the future? That's a piece of it. The other piece of it is that while a financial advisor is is great to have at some point, you you don't need one to start investing. Really, you, it's so much easier to start investing now than ever before. It's so much more accessible. I mean, at the very least, open a brokerage account, invest in an S&P 500 index fund, an exchange-traded fund. You can literally Google that. There are more than half a dozen of them. If you do nothing else but open a brokerage account and invest regularly in that fund, it represents 500 of the largest companies. It's more than 80% of the market value. It's a good reflection of the overall market, and on average has returned 7 to 7.5% per year after inflation. So if you do nothing else, <laughs> but yeah. start there, um, it, you know, it's really, it's just about getting into the game. And so often we have a little bit of savings or we just keep saving in a savings account. We don't invest because we're a little intimidated by the stock market or whatever the reason is, or we're busy. Yeah, um, And then we have maybe a little bit in a 401k So a lot of it is just literally just getting into the game. Just getting started, yeah. Um, And making a few investments. Getting started, exactly.
0: Again, uh, financial expert Jennifer Barrett, her book is Think Like a Breadwinner. And real quickly, you have a website where folks can learn more about the
3: book? Yep, it's jenniferbarrett.com, B-A-R-R-E-T-T. Jennifer, thanks very
0: much for taking the time. We appreciate it.
3: Thanks so much for having me.
0: We interrupt this
1: program to bring you a broken news alert.
0: And now, today's update on the... Odd an unusual side of the news, brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veteran Services. Have you ever wondered what would happen? I mean, there are always these stories uh, all over the news about uh, encounters between the public and police gone terribly wrong. Have you ever wondered what would happen if you broke wind <laughs> on the police? I mean, in the direction of the police intentionally? Well, in Austria, you'd end up with over $500 in fines, as it turns out. Last summer, an Austrian man was fined the equivalent of $500 for letting it rip right in front of the police. However, according to a report in the Daily Mail, he was able to get it lowered to about one fifth of the cost after he successfully appealed and argued that his flatulence was a biological process and part of his freedom of expression freedom of expression while the court did not necessarily agree with the latter part of the uh, defense his fine was lowered based on the fact that it was the man's first offense Uh, the man had been uh, issued uh, the fine for offending public decency in june of 2020 after vienna police said he let go a massive intestinal wind apparently with full intent (laughs) that's what it said in the report you let go a massive intestinal wind, apparently with full intent. They noted that of course no one is reported for accidentally letting one go, but the man had previously behaved provocatively and uncooperatively during the encounter. And our colleagues don't like to be farted at so much, they said. <laughs> well I can understand that. That does seem that does seem reasonable. I mean <laughs> there should be reasonable limits, I would think. Isn't that- Which of us does like to be farted at? (laughs) Or you could just try to outrun the cops. This is uh, from uh, Oklahoma City. Uh, If you are trying to outrun the cops, however, a Doritos truck is probably not the best getaway vehicle. Joshua Carpe discovered that firsthand after allegedly stealing a Doritos delivery truck sitting unattended at a local gas station there in OKC. Uh, needless to say, it was not hard for local cops to find and apprehend the thief. <laughs> I mean, it's not the most incognito vehicle out there. Um, police captain Jeff Spruill says, quote, I would love to know the motivation of stealing a truck that's very, very easy to spot and doesn't go very fast, frankly. <laughs> Incred- incredulously, he said, what did you think was going to happen to you? with they tr- stealing a truck like that? What did you think was going to happen, man? (laughs) Elsewhere in the uh, broken news, this is also from the International File, and it's really not clear exactly what someone would have to gain from this. I mean, we have unusual stories, but sometimes you can understand the twisted logic of the person involved. This just seems bizarre. Police in Surrey, England are searching for a mystery lumberjack after someone cut down dozens of trees along a stretch of the River Thames. In what is now being referred to as the Chainsaw Massacre, the the person took down 30 trees over a 10-day period and is believed to be working at night. How does that happen? Three trees over a 10-day period. At what point... you would think that maybe the police would set up a sting after maybe the second night of this happening, but this has gone on for 10 days now, and they still have yet to be caught. Uh, the three victims uh, have all, all been healthy, and the motive remains a mystery. Again, what would someone g- have to gain from this? I'm not sure. Extra police patrols have finally been set up to try and catch the perpetrator or perpetrators who police believe may be traveling in a small red car. That's about the only thing that they know at this point. The first fallen trees discovered uh, back in late March. So this has been going on for long enough now that you would think that they would set up a sting and they would get this person or people. But anyway, weird story. Um, this is one of those bad day stories. You know you're having a bad day when you take your dog for a walk and you get... Stuck in the mud. And I mean really stuck. Camille Coelho, age 54, says she was taking her dog for a walk on Constitution Beach in East Boston when she decided to take a shortcut through what appeared to be a gravel lot or gravel area, gravel covered area. But it turned out that it was mud, mud so deep that she ended up uh, up to her thighs In the mud, and she got stuck. (laughs) She sank down into the mud and got stuck up to her thigh. Uh, Witnesses summoned firefighters to the scene to reach the woman and the dog. The dog did not sink, as apparently the dog was light enough not to sink. But uh, the dog dutifully remained by her side through the whole ordeal. She was not injured, but probably a little embarrassed. So there you go. That's one of those stories that you know you're having a bad day. You take your dog for a walk and you end up sinking thigh deep into the mud and had to be rescued by firefighters. firefighter. No matter what happens to you on this, uh, on this Monday, if that doesn't happen to you, all things considered, it's not such a bad day. And finally, in the broken news this morning, crazy story. A reward is being offered for information on a decades-old theft from the Truman Presidential Library in Independence, Missouri. The Kansas City field office of the FBI says on March 24th, 1978, someone broke into the library and stole three ceremonial swords and two daggers that had been given to President Harry S. Truman by the Saudi Arabian crown prince and the Shah of Iran. The stolen items valued today between $700,000 and $1 million. And the FBI is offering a $10,000 reward to anyone with information that leads to the recovery of the stolen items. Here's the thing that is crazy about this. This happened in 1978. Why are we just now learning about this? What What's, what's happened in all the intervening years? That, did they just notice it? or I don't know. But anyway, there you go. Reward is out there. Uh, if anybody uh, comes up to want to sell a hot sword or a hot dagger on the street, and report it. That is today's Broken News Report. The odd and unusual side of the news brought to you as a public service, more or less, of Hancock County Veterans Services. We now return you to your regularly scheduled programming. Take WFIN wherever you
1: go with our updated mobile apps for iPhone and Android. And now you can listen to us on your Alexa device. Get the app at WFIN.com or in the App Store or Google Play. Plus, enable Alexa by searching for WFIN under Skills, and you'll soon be saying, Alexa, play 1330 WFIN. And the best part is the apps and skills are absolutely free. On the air at 1330 WFIN and 95.5 FM online at WFIN.com and on your smartphone, tablet and Alexa devices.
0: And now your daily download, the numbers behind the news, the statistics that shape our lives. Now that the end, what we hope will be the end of the pandemic, uh, kind of we're able to see this now, the uh, vaccine effort uh, going on and, and so on. A new survey finds that two-thirds of Americans are trying to improve themselves for the post-pandemic world. This is a survey of 30,000 Americans um, commissioned by Vegaro, uh, which is an app uh, for finding a salon, spa, fitness professional, conducted by OnePole, finds it 64% Of Americans in this poll, 64% want to look their best and 68% want to be the best version of themselves, both mentally and physically, when the pandemic finally ends. Now, a big reason for wanting to improve ourselves is that 46% say that they have let themselves go over the course of the past year. And how have we done that? Number one, 60% of Americans in this poll say that we have put on some pounds during lockdown. Uh, The average weight gain, 17 pounds. Other ways that people say they have let themselves go included losing touch with family and friends. 49% uh, mentioned that. 46% say they have uh, avoided uh, facial grooming and makeup. There just didn't seem to be much of a point. We weren't going anywhere, so we haven't done that, and we need to get back into that habit. Just over half, fifty-one percent, say they have fallen back into bad habits that they had kicked. Uh, of those, a little more than half say they are not eating as healthy as they were pre-pandemic. Forty-nine percent say they have started drinking too much. Forty-three uh, percent mention uh, lack of grooming habits; they've gotten out of that habit. And 38% say that they have started to smoke again after having quit. So it appears that we have plenty of things to address, issues to address, before we're fully ready to get back out there again in a post-pandemic world. The things that we can improve about ourselves once all of this is over. well welcome into the studio the uh, the new person or the interim person in charge of uh, the Hancock County OSU Extension 4H program uh, Jamie Rickle with us uh, in the studio as uh, folks know by now i'm sure uh, that uh, Cassie has has left uh, the extension office and so she kind of left you in charge and uh, <laughs> Jamie thanks very much for dropping by we appreciate it
5: yeah thanks for having you me you are
0: not uh, you are not new uh, to the office you've been a program Assistant for some time now. So, most folks are uh, probably uh, familiar uh, with you, but I'm sure that there are some uh, individuals that you are interacting with uh, for the first time, uh, you know, having taken over uh, Cassie's uh, responsibility for 4 H. So, kind of uh, introduce yourself uh, again for those who may not uh, be familiar.
5: Yeah, absolutely. So, I was hired at an interesting time last year in april right when everything, was, <laughs> shutting everything down. was going on yeah so although i have been around for over a year i haven't got to meet everybody yet so yeah. i am the program assistant still kind of new for yeah, So uh, i am folks, still yeah. kind of new we're just starting to do some in-person programming and so i'm starting to introduce myself and say hi i'm jamie <laughs> i've been here for a year um so it's just interesting how the world has happened and mm-hmm. How I've been here and
0: grown. And we were talking before we went on the air that uh, there are a couple of uh, new folks who will uh, soon be coming on board uh, at uh, OSU Extension new uh, family and consumer sciences uh, person here hopefully before too long as well.
5: Yes. Um, they are still in the interview process but mm-hmm. soon sh- it should happen. Yeah.
0: And and again good timing for that now that uh, we appear to be on the backside of all of this and hopefully uh be able to get programming up and running again uh, so that and, and then either uh, if you end up as the uh, 4-H advisor as a, in a permanent uh, position, you'll either have uh, another person in that role or as another uh, program assistant as well. So got some new people, uh, the uh, OSU extension here coming uh, very soon, but good to have you with us. In the meantime, as you mentioned, uh, things are going on, starting to see some uh, programming return to an in-person format?
5: Yes, absolutely. We're starting to do um, some 4-H meetings, some camp counselor meetings, gearing up for whatever camp is going to look like. So we have some options, maybe a day camp format, maybe a residential format. It just kind of depends on how the numbers
0: go. So how how soon will you know uh, in all of that? I mean, I'm sure you've been asked that question a number of times. I mean, when will we know what camp looks like this year? Um,
5: I believe it's by the end of this week.
0: Okay. So, so.
5: OSU has been working really hard on guidelines. Um, there's a whole group of people that's working really hard to make sure that everything is safe and mm-hmm. we are all healthy and we can travel um it kind of depends on what dates your camp are supposed to be at camp ohio too so if you're later in the summer you might have different guidelines than if you're supposed to be there earlier in the summer it just kind of depends yeah
0: we've uh, actually talked with that i think the last time uh, cassie was here we talked a little bit about that uh with respect to the fair uh there, obviously Hancock County Fair looking like it's going to be a full fair uh, this year which is good news and we might actually benefit from the fact that we are a late uh, fair that happens later in the season as opposed to the ones that happen earlier where there are still an awful, awful lot of question marks and of course we know uh, what happened with the Ohio State Fair that announcement uh, just a, a few days ago. Um, in the meantime speaking of camps you do have a uh, Cloverbud uh, day camp coming up right?
5: Yes we are absolutely allowed to do day camps and so Cloverbud day camp 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 is for five to eight-year-olds. And so our camp counselors, our younger camp counselors, first and second years, they will put on a great one-day event for them. It's going to be June 10th from 9 a.m. to 2.30 and um, we'll have more information on how to register for that. But they've chosen a really cute theme, it's gonna be adventure camp. So we're looking at lots of relay activities, maybe some scavenger hunts, some water wars, stuff like that.
0: Now, you mentioned that it'll be a while before the registration uh, is uh, not quite ready for registration for that. Kind of lay out the timeline, what happens between now and then.
5: So we have another camp counselor meeting at the end of this month where they will solidify the agenda. So we kind of chose the theme last week. We kind of chose what activities we would like to happen. So then once we lay out the schedule, um, we can start making you know, flyers and start a registration link for that.
0: So this is a, an event that really the, the camp counselors themselves are responsible for kind of planning out and, and you know, figuring out what uh, everything will entail?
5: Yes, absolutely. I am there to support their vision, um, but they are the leaders, and this is what we train them to do, and so they have a really fun event
0: with the kids. So that is just another example of uh, one of the uh, different ways that, uh, one of the many ways that uh, 4-H is building these future leaders by saying, okay, this is yours, and go run with it. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely so uh again, uh, June tenth is the date on that, and uh folks be looking for the registration uh what ages for the the clover buds these are the youngest kids,
5: yes, so this is. Five in kindergarten to eight in third grade.
0: Okay. And do they need to be a part of the 4-H program uh, prior to registering for the day camp, or can anyone sign up for that?
5: Um, They'll need to be registered as CloverBuds.
0: Okay. And uh, is that possible to still do?
5: Um, they can contact the office if they have missed the registration deadline, and we can see what we can do for
0: okay. them. Okay, all right. So uh, I, again, if folks want more information uh, about this or anything else, that's the big thing going on right now with the, with 4-H. Okay. Uh, of course, uh, aside from the the clubs doing their projects and working on their stuff, uh, you've got more information on your website, right? Yes, we will. And the uh, Facebook page as well. We have it linked up at our webpage, so you can go to uh, goodmornings.net for more info. Again, Jamie Rinkle with the uh, Hancock County OSU Extension 4-H program. Jamie, thanks very much for dropping by. We appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, good luck with, uh, this is a lot of work going on for uh, the uh, number of people that you have in the office right now, but uh, thanks very much for taking the time. And that will put a wraps on our podcast for today. I want to thank all of our guests for joining us on the program. And remember, you can get more information on all of the topics that we talk about each day on the show at our webpage, goodmornings.net. So be sure to check us out online. Coming up tomorrow on the program, put down your phone. It's Distracted Driving Awareness Month. But that's not the only thing drawing our attention away from the road ahead when we're behind the wheel. We'll talk about some of the other dangers that are out there as well. Until tomorrow morning, that is good mornings for this morning. Now that you've had a good morning, go on out and make it a good day. We'll catch you back here tomorrow.